let's go over to uh, our preaching series. So we've uh, come to the start of a uh, new preaching series last week. Dan did a fantastic job launching us into our Everyone a Witness uh, series. Just at the start of uh, 2020 and before we're going to go into life groups, we're going to be looking at how we can let the gospel be good news in the community around us. We've taken a short little break from our Luke series, going through the gospel of Luke to be able to do that. Uh, we're going to look at some core values for our church after this short series and then re-engage with Luke uh, leading up to Easter and coming to uh, the end of that and the story of Jesus' suffering and death and resurrection right around that time. So um, if you can open up your Bibles to Matthew 28 verse 19. Matthew 28 verse 19 says... Jesus is giving his last instructions to his disciples before he's ascending to heaven after having been raised from the dead. And says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, I wonder if you had a few phrases in which you could give your team instruction before you were about to leave them. What would you say? What would you say? What would be the core things that you would want to say? And I'm, I'm kind of trying to think through, um, as a, a team leader here at Life Church, uh, if I was to go away, uh, what would be my last words to say? What would be the thing that I would encourage the team with? Well, Jesus uh, encourages his disciples to keep the main thing, the main thing, to not be distracted by what's going to come their way. There would be so much more for him to say. But he gives them the main thing. And the main thing is that they are called to spread the good news of Jesus. And like he discipled them, go out and disciple others. To make disciples. Now, the same is true for all of us. As a pastor, my privilege, my main thing is to make disciples. That's why we love to create so much space for people to be discipled, to have a go, to learn, to grow, and find new people to be reached with the gospel. But the truth is that that is true for you too. You might be a business entrepreneur, and your main thing is to make disciples. You might be an artist. Your main thing is to make disciples. You might be a kids worker. Your main thing is to make disciples. You might be a worship leader. Your main thing is to make disciples. You might be a plumber or an accountant. You might be a teacher. You might be a community worker. You might be a physiotherapist or a nurse or a doctor. Your main thing is to make disciples. The truth is that Jesus has called you the core purpose of your life is to reach people with the gospel and to help them grow. Now, we can do that in all sorts of settings. And God has created all differently. You might be an extrovert. You might be an introvert. Uh, you might love people. You might not love people. But the truth is, making disciples is your thing. There's no such thing as a disciple who does not have as his core mission to make other disciples. There is no such thing as a disciple who's just a disciple and never makes more disciples. You can't do it. It's not possible. We are all called to be disciple makers. 
And that's why we've caught this series, Everyone a Witness. This is the, the key phrase that we use around relational mission to communicate that we are all called to be a witness. This is not something for the specialists. This is not, if you feel like you're great with people and love sharing the gospel, this is no more true for you than for those who'd rather curl up in a ball and speak to no one after a Sunday. This is, this is true for all of us, but we've all been given different ways to do that. And last week we looked at how the gospel is the very central essence from which the good news and making disciples flows. You see, if we want to be a, a well-representing a well Jesus, being ambassadors for his news, the gospel is our place to go. You see, the gospel is such good news. It's so exciting news that, it's, that it fills us up, that it changes us, and therefore starts to flow out and then uh, is the source of uh, encouragement and change for the world around us. Now, the truth is that on a Sunday, we spend a lot of time worshipping God. We, how great he is and how amazing he is. Now, different people will engage with that in different ways. Some people really look forward to it. They love coming to Sundays and worshipping God. They find it a little harder midweek to live that same dynamic and to be a witness to others. Now, there's other people that, that, that kind of say, well, why are we gathering in here on a Sunday? This really is a waste of time. We should be out there. We should be telling people about the joy of Jesus. Now, the truth is that we can't do the one without the other. You cannot be a good witness unless you celebrate and worship God together. We are called to both. We are called to come together, to celebrate God, to, to let our hearts be filled with joy and then let it overflow to the world around us. You cannot be a, a truly worshipping if it never flows out from you. But also you can never witness truly if your heart's not filled with it in the first place. Uh, Dan gave an example last week. Have you ever met a salesman who's trying to sell you something he doesn't believe in? You're, you are likely not to go and buy that product, would you? Well, I've heard it's a great product. Somebody else said to me about this, blah, 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 and I get commissioned. Blah, blah. That, that's not going to win you over, isn't it? It's when you meet somebody who's sold out for what they stand for that you're inspired and that you can taste something of what they're trying to tell you. Well, this is true for the gospel more than anything. If the gospel is pumping through our veins and we are so thankful to Jesus for saving us and if we understand the depth and the meaning of his grace to us, then it's not hard to let that love flow over to other people. It will be natural. Now, works is what we're going to be looking at today. Last week we looked at words. So words, works and wonders Guess what we're going to look at next week, but uh, this week we're going to look at works. Works Now, works are a bit, a bit like the art of the gospel. They are, the works are putting into expression without words what the gospel really is like. Sometimes you can look at a piece of art and it can say more to you than a 50-minute commentary about what the piece of art actually is all about, isn't it? It, it expresses something that has a deep, deep meaning. Now, um, James, the brother of Jesus, writes to all the Jewish people uh, dispersed around the uh, Roman Empire uh, the following in James 2 verse 15. And he talks about the importance of works. Let me just explain it to you. James 2 verse 15. Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but does do nothing about their physical need. 
What good is it? And then he goes on to say a lot more about it. Now, the truth is that that's, that, that, that same principle is true for the gospel. You see, last year, we've really pushed in as a church into prayer. We've said if we want to see the, the gospel advancing in Peterborough, then we cannot do it by our own efforts. We need God to go before us. He is the one. He's the author of salvation. He goes before us. And we've been praying. We've been praying for weekly salvations, for 52 baptisms a year, for people to come to faith every week at Life Church. Last year, we've had 11 people come into faith at Life Church. We want to celebrate that. Can we have a little whoop? Really encouraging. Now, that's almost monthly. Almost monthly. We're on to weekly. So there's still a long way to go. But God is going before us and he's going to uh, uh, work through us. Now, the truth is that if we spend all our time praying, we are putting ourselves in a position in which we make ourselves dependable on God. We say, God, will you go before us and will you bring breakthrough? But the truth is, if all we do is pray, we are missing out on half of the gospel. Because after a year of really giving us diligently to, to pray, I feel this year God wants us to ready ourselves, to put ourselves in a position where we can also be the answer to our own prayers. You see, God wants to work through us to bring change. Now, let me try and explain it to you. Uh, over the last uh, few weeks, we've been um, uh, decorating our house. We've, we've uh, bought a new house, very exciting. We're going to be moving 1st of February, but we want to leave the old house in a good place. Uh, so it can be a blessing to the next people, uh, as well as getting our deposit back, which will be really nice. Um, and um, uh, we've been painting the house. Now, um, the girls heard that I was going to paint, and they said, great, painting's my thing. Can I come and help you? And I was like, oh, okay, um, I've now got the choice, haven't I? I could do this professionally, or I could do this the slow way. Uh, and um, uh, I decided, right, let's do a test. So we thought we'd start with the guest room, like a little bit safe, so covered everything, the floor, taped everything off, and then got paint buckets and brushes, said to Swiner, can you please do a prayer before I start? And, uh, and, then, and then we started. Well, you can imagine three girls uh, between the age of uh, five and ten with brushes and rollers and trying to paint this room. I mean, uh, you've got to be a multitasker, which I'm not. It's, it's, it's hard work. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's, 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 it'll be much easier if I just did it myself. Yeah? yeah? It'll be quicker, it'll be more efficient, there'll be less spillages, and the result will look better. Right? Yeah. Now, the truth is that being a father, I decided to not opt for any of those four and go for the fifth, is to make a memory. So we were in this room, we were painting it all together, and, uh, well, luckily more paint landed on the walls than on their clothes and on the, on the, on the floors, and we got it done. It definitely was a slow way, and uh, it made me feel 10 years older at the end of the, uh, uh, the uh, activity. But we got it done. Now, the truth is, every time we walk past that room now, we have a memory. You see, if I painted it all by myself, it would have, well, that's a room that Daddy painted. In fact, that thought wouldn't even occur in their minds. It would just be a room. But now, every time we walk past, this is the room that we painted. Every visitor to the vertical house will be shown that room because that's the room that we painted. Uh, and uh, we'll tell them the story to go with that. Now, what happens is that we have done something together. We have created a memory. And the same is true for um, salvation. It's a big leap, but, uh, but hang on there for a moment. God could save people much better, much quicker, 
with a lot less mess than we could. Would you agree? Yeah. yeah? He does not need you. He can save people all by himself. We could be sitting here and God could save Peter right, right now. But the truth is that he's a father. And he wants to do something through us, which involves all of us. Now, he could do it much quicker and with much less mess, but the truth is that he opts for us. Now, if you look back at the first 12 disciples that Jesus sent on their mission, I can tell you that it definitely got messy. All you need to do is read scripture. It definitely wasn't efficient. It wasn't quick, but it was done God's way. And ultimately, through that, there was a real joy of partnering with the Father that changed the people that they were trying to reach as well as their own hearts. You see, when you're involved into something that you experience joy uh, from, it changes you. You see, if God would save Peter Road tomorrow and they would all turn up to our doorstep, we wouldn't have emotional connection, would we? We wouldn't have had years of investment of prayer and witnessing and doing good. We would have missed out on half the joy. You see, God wants to change us through reaching others as well as changing the city that we're trying to reach. He wants to create a memory. And this term for some of us is, is going to feel like holding a paintbrush for the very first time. You're going to be incredibly frightened about making spillages and not getting it right. It's okay. It's okay. Have a go. For some of you, you brought your pro painting kids after 10 years of experience and you were ready yesterday. And you think, finally, the rest is catching up. Let me encourage you. Let me encourage you. We're going to do this together. We're going to do this together. This is not about you. This is not about this city. This is about us together as a family, creating a memory and reaching the world around us. Uh, so you're not called to be a lone rider, to go at this alone and uh, rescue Peterborough on your own back. This is something we're going to do together as a family. And we want you all to connect together as a family, to encourage one another and build one another up. You see, each of you are strategically placed into different situations that no one else could come into. Your job is a unique placement for you to reach the people that no one else could. Your family is a unique placement for you to reach people that no one else in this congregation can. And you might be a pro or you might be painting for the first time, but the truth is that God's put you there to make a difference. And that's what we'd love to see. Uh, Sam was telling me a story this week about how uh, he, they were in uh, hospital with Alec over uh, the Christmas uh, holidays. And uh, uh, it, it, it wasn't a great occasion. It, like, it's not something you celebrate. But as they were in hospital, uh, he suddenly was reminded of the fact that God had placed them there in a unique way to make a difference. And next to them, there was another family that was struggling, having a really hard time. Now, they knew what it was like to have a hard time with one of your children, uh, health-wise. And uh, they had to go to another hospital where Sam uh, and Susanna had already been. And uh, what they did was they, they, they bought a voucher, a coffee voucher. And they said, when you get to this hospital, we've been there many times, we've sat in this cafe so many times that it's become a place of memories for us. And we would love you to take this voucher, and as you go to this hospital, we would love you to go and get a coffee there. And think of us, do it for us. Uh, and as a way to bless you, we'd love to give you a free coffee to go with it. Now, they were placed at that moment in time, in that position, in that time, in a way that they could connect with people that no one else could. They knew what they were going through. And they simply shared kindness, generosity. And that, my friends, is the art of the gospel. It's the gospel without words. 
it's, it's letting the gospel, the good news, be illustrated by the way that we live. By the way that we live. Now, words, works, and wonders are a powerful combination. It's like a, a powerful cocktail. All of us will have uh, different favorites. We'll say, well, oh, words come a bit more easy to me. Or like, oh, I'm not very good with words. Uh, works would be much better for me. Or like, oh, all about wonders, breakthrough, power. The truth is that all of these three work together. And we're not called to pick favorites um, to kind of say, well, oh, you might have one that you're better at than others. But the truth is they're all tools. They're tools given to us to use at different occasions in different ways. And God wants us to have a go at all of those. Um, if you only have two of those in your pocket, you're going to miss something. God wants you to use all of them at different occasions. And being uh, attentive to God, saying, what is it that this person needs at this moment in time? Personally, for me, um, the biggest challenge that I find uh, is words. I, f I find telling people about the gospel sometimes harder. I mean, this context is easy, but I think going out, one of the downsides being a pastor is that all your friends are Christians. So you've got to find some people that are not Christians and, uh, and meet with them and then having the opportunity to share it. Now, um, I grew up with a dad who, uh, who loved to talk about Jesus to everyone and anyone at any time. My dad was a massive introvert, um, but talking to people about Jesus somehow he could do. And um, uh, to be really honest, it, it, it put me off because he would talk to my friends about Jesus whether I wanted to or not. Uh, there's a Bible uh, phrase that talks about um, uh, uh, bringing the word in and out of season. Well, I think he took it a little bit literal sometimes, like whether it was convenient or not, he would just do it. So uh, even so, where sometimes I would go to a badminton match when I was younger and I'd say, Dad, can we please not do the Jesus thing in the car today with my friends? They are my friends. I think that's my thing. And they would do it anyway. And I'd come home and I was like, Come on! We set, so I just thought, uh, if only they invented Uber by that time, we would have solved the whole problem. But um, I, I, would, I would become hesitant taking my dad to places because I knew that his words could ruin something that I was trying to build. And therefore, I think I shied away from words. Uh, even so, uh, that I think I rarely started to use them. I thought I'd be much more comfortable being good news to people. Uh, but the truth is that I'm called to all of those. So um, uh, looking at myself uh, last year, I thought, do you know what? This is something I really want to grow in. I really, I re so I first found the place to put myself in. So I joined a badminton group Tuesday evenings with a whole bunch of guys, wonderful variety of Muslims, Jehovah Witnesses, people who believe nothing, people who believe everything, all together, mixed, thrown together, playing badminton, and uh, just to meet some new people. And then I said to someone, Joe, I'm really bad about actually putting it into words. I want to grow in this. So um, I signed myself up for the training school of supernatural ministries at the start of this year. There's 10 others that are doing it with, uh, with me this year, which is great. We drive every Thursday evening to Bedford. It's quite a, a, a prize, quite an investment. Uh, Simona did it last year with five others just because I want to learn. And I, I sat at a, a wedding uh, the other day around the table with another pastor, and we talked about this course that Simone had done last year. And uh, he said to me, he said, oh, us pastors, we're a bit beyond those courses, aren't we? I said, what do you mean? Beyond those courses? I've signed myself up for next year. I need some help. You see, the truth is that you're never too advanced to learn. We all need to learn. 
And this year has been a massive learning curve, putting myself out just to learn how to put things uh, into practice. So um, uh, Simona now has developed this habit when we just go anywhere, she'll just drag me into it. She'll find, there's a guy sitting on the bench. Why don't we go over and talk to him? I was like, all right, I'll come with you. You do the talking. Uh, and uh, I thought, you know what? I, I don't want to be trailing behind the rest of my life. You know, I, I, I want to drag Simone into a few things now and then. So I'm, I'm making very small steps. So over Christmas, we were in the park, and there was a guy sitting on a bench. And Simone didn't notice. So, <laughs> so I thought, I'm going to go and say hello without her watching me. That would be, be good. So I went over, had a chat. Uh, I mean, it was a uh, day after Chris. Uh, no, it was a, uh, a boxing day, and uh, this guy sitting in the park, um, drinking beer at 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, thinking, oh, he looks miserable. Um, and uh, I said, hello, said, how are you doing? And uh, we kind of got chatting about Christmas, and uh, he just started pouring out how his life was messed up. Uh, and he said he was a Muslim, but clearly not quite the kind of Muslim that he needed to be, uh, pointing at his beer can, and then started talking about his family falling apart, how his daughter doesn't want to spend time with him. And um, I was just struck, just taking a moment, and uh, uh, we chatted together, and I asked him, what, like, what, what, do you have any hope? Like, what gives you hope? Uh, in life, and uh, um, yeah, he talked about his faith, but it didn't sound like it brought him hope. Uh, and uh, I, I said, "Well, let me tell you what what I find hope in." And uh, we had the opportunity to chat together, and um, uh, I ended up uh, saying, "Would you like me to pray for you?" And uh, yeah, he said, "Yes, please." And then uh, he asked me uh, whether he could pray for me at the end. So we did. So uh, uh, we had an opportunity to encourage one another. That was my my little toddler stumble of trying to put into words. My faith. I mean, I can not tell you how much anxiety and fear I need to overcome to do that. Um, for some reason, it's a big deal for me. But uh, in doing it, 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 it was there was a great breakthrough. And uh, I said to, to Simona uh, as I joined her later, "Guess what I did today? <laughs> I talked to somebody on a bench." And uh, I got a big whoop and uh, applause right in the middle of the, of the, uh, of the playground. But, but that's how we celebrate together, making little steps of learning how to do this. And uh, uh, this is for all of us, whether you're a pro or whether you're just starting. Uh, we really want to encourage you. Use words, works, wonders, all these three together. Be good news. Now, the good thing about works is, is, is that it's a, an easy way to start. If you find talking to people about your faith difficult, then, then, then just being good news is a really great way to start. It's not, it's not an either or. Uh, we're going to learn how to do all of this together. But there's so many ways in which you can creatively be good news. Now, the first thing that I think um, uh, in a practical way that's important is, is to let your heart be filled with the joy of Jesus. If you understand how much he loves you and how much he's done for you, it's not going to be difficult to love other people. People are not evangelistic projects. Yeah, have you ever met some people in the street before? They just want to sell you faith. It's just really hard to engage with that sometimes because there isn't real love going underneath. Not, all the, not always, but, but, but often. You see, uh, first of all, our desire to meet people with the goodness of Jesus is because we love them. If you're visiting here and, and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, uh, we're not trying to sell you something. We just try to share with you what we love, what's made a difference in our lives and hoping that it will make a difference in your life. And people can immediately tell when your desires come out of love or whether it's just another tick on your post. 
And the truth is that we want the gospel to birth love in us for the world around us. And um, uh, the truth is that when we are so filled with Jesus' love and understand how much he loves us, it's going to make a difference. In Acts 2, we can read how it makes a difference in the community. People so understood Jesus' love that they started to live in a way that they, they were filled with Jesus' love and generous towards one another. A community in the church started to develop where good works and good news was seen in action in the church, just the way that people connect to one another. Now, as a pastor, I get to hear so many stories of people's kindness and generosity, and I really want to commend you on that. You're, you're a, a great bunch of people who love to uh, jump to needs and provide for needs without any encouragement. I've just been amazed how people have been giving uh, uh, sums of money to other people because they've heard they were in need or how they provided meals or help or uh, supporting people who are in need. I'm just blown away, and I want to commend you on that. You see, if people come in our midst, this is what they'll taste. If this is just a bunch of people who come up on a Sunday and then go out the back door again uh, without talking to each other, we, the, it's just words. But actually, your lives illustrate the gospel. And the way that you love one another illustrates the gospel. And then let that love flow over into other things. I, I was so blown away by uh, Ahmed's testimony about uh, being with the Kennedys. The Kennedys opened their, their, their house for him to be with them. Uh, Andrew drove him four o'clock uh, uh, in the morning this week, uh, all the way to the other side of the country. To, to I mean, that is love in action. I want to commend you guys on that for doing that. That's such an example, just a little thing, but actually it's a very big thing. That speaks volumes. When people hear these stories, they are inspired. And we can see uh, the early church uh, was so full of life. You can read it in Acts 2. Uh, uh, people shared uh, food together in their house. They shared their possessions together. Uh, and it says uh, in Acts 2 verse uh, 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people and the Lord added to their number daily. There's something attractive about that community that people want to be part of. Um, uh, and then from there, it flows over into... Uh, uh, letting your works speak to others. And uh, I just want to give you a couple of little practical things and then we're going to finish just to embark on your adventure of reaching people with the good news through some simple works. Um, there's so many things that I could say now. I'm not going to go and make it too practical for you, but just a few things to get you going. Um, uh, first of all, it's about obedience. Uh, you might not feel like it. You might not feel courageous, but but, but Jesus sees your obedience. You see, if, you, if God prompts you and then you step out and, and, you, and, and you stumble over your words and you get it all wrong, there's celebration in heaven because you've stepped out and you've listened to what Jesus said. And the impact of your words is not your responsibility. Uh, in the end, all we're called to do is be obedient to Jesus. And Jesus can use your words to make a difference, and your works to make a difference. But the truth is that, first of all, you put yourself in a place where you're just simply obedient, and then God will start to work through you. So if you're holding that paintbrush for the very first time, putting your first dot on the wall is a celebration, even if it's a big scribble. Yeah? It's, it's God's way of involving you. And don't worry, he'll come with a big roller and he'll kind of smooth it out and work it through. There's more at work than just you. But just be obedient. If God gives you an opportunity, be obedient. Uh, the other day, we had an ambulance rocking up uh, uh, to uh, our, our neighbor's house. And I felt God prompting, go over. Maybe you can be good news. And I, I kind of thought, oh, it's the middle of the night. 
these guys know what they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to leave it. So I left it. I feel a bit disappointed with myself. Have you sometimes got that? Got prompt you to step out. You want to make a difference and then you just bail out. Well, the truth is that God is a God of second chances. If you've missed your moment of obedience, there'll be another opportunity. So the next morning I prayed, all right, God, um, I've missed my opportunity last night. Can you give me another one? And then that moment of time, Tuesday morning, I was at the Fletton Center. Uh, I was supposedly starting to prepare my preach. And I thought, I'll just go get a quick coffee uh, uh, at the uh, living room, our over 50s group, uh, before I go in. And then, uh, lo and behold, I meet a guy at the counter. And uh, uh, before I know it, we have a conversation. And it's kind of the conversation where you start, you think like, I really should be on with some work now. Um, but I felt God saying, no, just have a conversation. So I got chatting with him, and uh, uh, he, he told me uh, a bit of his life story. And uh, said, he said something interesting that he said. So, so I kind of asked him about that. And then um, he, uh, he, he discovered that I was one of the pastors at Life Church. So uh, he was a bit surprised. And uh, uh, at the end, um, uh, uh, I said to him, say, maybe strange, I'm, I'm about to shoot off, do some more work. But could I explain the gospel to you just very simply? And uh, said, yes. So uh, on my best uh, way, I pulled an old Christmas card out and kind of doodled the gospel in my scriggly uh, uh, best way of uh, trying to explain it to him. And just there and then, we had an opportunity just to kind of share that. Uh, it wasn't the best demonstration of the gospel you've ever heard. It, it, it wasn't the most powerful moment. No angels coming from the sky, singing, shouting hallelujah. Uh, it was just a simple moment. But God gave me a second chance. If you've missed your opportunities and if evangelism kind of freaks you out, before you've even started to it, don't, don't be. God is good. Just ask him for opportunities and he will help you walk through the doors when they come. Be intentional. Ask God, what could I do? Um, create some space in your life. So money-wise or time-wise, uh, if you're going to be shooting in and out of the, 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 the school playground every time with like 30 seconds before you get there and 30 seconds out, you won't have time for people. Make time for people. Um, make some room in your budget for people. We've got a little pot of money that we set aside each month uh, and it, it has on it, do good. So whenever I'm at Costa's and somebody's behind me and I feel God prompt me, I'll offer to pay for their coffee or like, we meet somebody on the street and uh, in need of some food, then we've got some money to buy some food. If you don't leave margin in your budget to ever do good, then you might not have enough when the opportunity comes. Um, uh, encourage somebody, uh, speak kind words, um, uh, try to find some people that are open to what you're doing. If people are shut off, uh, then, then don't keep pushing, just like, leave it. Find the people of peace that God leads you to. Uh, provide some hospitality, open your home, uh, buy a small gift or uh, offer to cook a meal or um, offer some practical help. Um, maybe you could pay for somebody's shopping or uh, maybe you can uh, honour people. Maybe thank them for what they're doing, like somebody who's working in the rain on the road. Uh, guess how many drivers by they've had that thank them in the last few weeks? I guess no one. Maybe somebody who's cleaning the loose at the train station. How many people would they have to just say simple thank you? Um, little things like that could mean a lot. Uh, and they are all just small Little ways in which we engage. And I want to encourage you, have a go. Have a go. Get your paintbrush out. Make a squiggle on that wall. It doesn't matter if it doesn't look too good straight away. But have a go. Learn. And as you grow, let's learn together to have a go. How does that sound? Good. Right. So who's, who's been blessed this morning? Yeah. Well, you know my favorite phrase. You've all been deceived. 
because James says it's not those who hear the good news, but those who do the good news that are blessed. So I really want to encourage you to make sure that what you've heard flows over into what we do. Shall we stand together? We'll pray, and then we'll end our jam-packed morning there. Thank you, Jesus, for your amazing kindness. Thank you that the gospel really is the hope of the world. Thank you that your love for us, uh, the way that you have given us uh, everything, Jesus, the way that you've loved us is good news. Thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. Thank you that you did not hold back even your own life, that the ultimate good work was uh, done by you by dying on the cross, giving everything you had. And Lord, we pray that you'll transform us, fill us up with that amazing truth again today, Lord, so we may drink from it and let it overflow from us. Lord, help us to be good news to the people around us, using our words and uh, our, our actions, Lord, to, to make a difference. Lord, we pray that you'll come with us. Will you teach us and show us your goodness as we go through in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen.